As I mentioned, we're continuing the series that Pastor Brandon started about four weeks ago, Next is Now, and it's a book, uh, it's a series on the book of Joshua. The book of Joshua uh, is an incredible book. It's a great book in, in the flow of history of the nation of Israel, and in uh, the book of Joshua really won't mean that much to us unless we understand the types that are in the book of Joshua. For instance, the nation of Israel, how many of you know, is a type of the church. Whenever you see how God helped and ministered to Israel, you can insert your name there, right? Uh, the Joshua, the leader, how many of you know that he represents Jesus, our leader and our deliverer? Amen. And then, and then the promised land. The promised land is a type of life that Jesus desires and promises those who follow him. Remember John 10, 10, thief comes to kill, steal, and destroy. But I've come that you might have life and have it abundantly. And so the abundant life is a type of promised land, right? And so uh, it's a life that Christ desires all of us to live. So the spiritual inheritance for the nation of Israel was a land, but the spiritual inheritance for the Christian is a life. Are, are you tracking with me? And so we, when, when you look at the, um, here's why that's an important point, because the spiritual lessons that you learn as you go through the book of Joshua is important keys to our success and us living in the promised land, us living that abundant life. Amen. How many of you want to live that abundant life? And so unless you understand that, you're just going to go through the story and say, oh, that's a, that's a cute story. No, it's more than a cute story. It's life changing if you can apply it to your life. Amen. Now, last week, Pastor Brandon talked about how to prepare for, for victory. And he talked about when uh, Joshua led Israel to, to go through circumcision and, and all those things. But today I want to talk to you about how to get the breakthrough. Amen. And the lesson is taken from Joshua chapter 6, and it's when the Israelites get their breakthrough by defeating Jericho. And in Joshua chapter 6, in verse 1, it says, The gates of Jericho were tightly shut because the people were afraid of the Israelites, and no one was allowed to go out or in. But the Lord said to Joshua, I have given you Jericho, its king, and all its strong warriors. You and your fighting men should march around the town once a day for six days, Seven priests will walk ahead of the ark, each carrying a ram's horn. And on the seventh day, you are to march around the town seven times. With the seventh day, you are to march around the town seven times with the priests blowing the horns. And when you hear the priests give one long blast on the ram's horn, have all the people shout as loud as they can. Then the walls of the town will collapse and the people can charge straight into the town. Now, let me paint you a picture, okay? Remember the children of Israel, they were in bondage in Egypt. Remember, they were on the Pharaoh. They were forced to do labor to make bricks out of straw. And, and uh, whenever they kept having babies and they kept multiplying, they put more pressure and say, you got to make more bricks in one day. And so they were, and they were under incredible oppression and they were not allowed to worship God. They started crying out to God. God heard their prayer, right? And so God miraculously delivered them out of Egypt, right? And he promised them a land, a promised land. And that's a picture. Whenever you're lost and you're not a Christian, my friend, you are in Egypt. 
And you may not know it or understand it, but you're under the oppression of the evil one. And when you get saved, you get delivered from Egypt and God has a promised land for you. Amen. And so God promised the Israelites to deliver them and give them this promised land. Exodus 3.8. I've come down to rescue them from the power of the Egyptians and lead them out of Egypt into their own fertile and spacious land. It is a land flowing with milk and honey. Now, God promised the Israelites a land flowing with milk and honey, which means it's a land where God's favor and God's blessing is. The, the land of milk and honey means a life that is blessed. And when you understand that as a Christian, you cannot settle for Egypt anymore. When you understand what God called us to, you got to press in and you can't live outside the doors of the church where it's hot and it's humid and it's, and it's musty. You got to get on the inside. You got to get under the blessing of the Lord and you got to live in the promised land. Amen. This is what the book of Joshua is all about. When the children of Israel now are going in to the promised land. But now there was a problem. And the problem of them going into the promised land was Jericho. Jericho was the problem. What was Jericho? Jericho was a fortified city, the Bible tells us. It was tightly shut. It was surrounded by two huge parallel walls. One wall being three stories high, about 15 feet wide, and about a, a gap of 15 feet and another wall. And, and the wall was so thick and so wide that people could actually live in the wall. And so this city is a, a fortress. It's a, a stronghold. And it was, this city was a, a, a barrier standing in the way of Joshua and the promised land, the people of God and the promised land. So this fortified city really stood between God's promise and God's provision. And for you and I, we have to remember something. Just because God said you can be, you can live an abundant life. Just because Jesus died on the cross, shed his blood and said you and I and you and I can live an abundant life. I want you to know that you could figuratively speaking have a Jericho standing in your way. You could have a barrier, an obstacle, a spiritual stronghold that is holding you back and that's keeping you from the blessing and the favor of God on your life like God desires and wants you to live under. Amen. You see, that's the, the uh, like Israel, like Israel, we need a breakthrough. Sometimes we just, we wonder why, man, why can't I get ahead? Why can't I make any headway? And we look around and we scratch our heads and we, we get frustrated and we say, why can't I get any further than I am today? Can I suggest to you today that you might have a Jericho, you might have a stronghold, you might have a barrier, invisible or invisible, that's standing in your way from the promised land that God has for you, Amen. Now, it doesn't matter how long you've been serving God. It doesn't matter if you've been serving God a year, five years, ten years. I don't think we're fully occupied the promised land that God has for you and I. We might have gained some victories and, and God won the Canaanites and the Hittites and the Perizzites, but I believe God has more in store for you and I. Amen. Now, listen, I need some feedback this morning. Are you hearing me this morning? Can you say amen this morning? Amen. 
So figuratively speaking, we need a breakthrough, right? So the question then is, if, if we have this breakthrough, and, and I really believe this, like, you know, have you ever had an experience with God where you didn't know there was an issue? You didn't know that there was something that was going on, and all of a sudden, you had an experience with God, and you're like, wow, man, have you ever had that experience? You may have never had one, but I'm believing you're going to have one today. Now, how do you get your breakthrough? From the story of the book of jo in, in Joshua 6, in the story of Jericho, I believe there's important lessons that you and I can learn. First key is you got to walk in the authority and the anointing of God if you want a breakthrough. And so, you know, one of the very first instructions that God gave Joshua is you remember, he said, was to bring the Ark of the Covenant with him. Remember? In Joshua 6, 7, Joshua called together the priests and said, take up the ark of God or of the Lord's covenant and assign seven priests to walk in front of it, each carrying a ram's horn. Then he gave orders to the people, march around the town and the armed men will lead the way in front of the ark of the Lord. Now, those instructions are important. First of all, he said the priests, the priests had to lead the way. As, as, as uh, Pastor Brandon has mentioned, as Christians, we are called a royal priesthood. Amen? Don't put lost people out there. Put believers out there. Amen? And then he said, seven priests. Seven was important. Seven was the number of completion. Seven was the number of victory, right? And then he said, the ram's horn. The ram's horn was a shofar, which was used to marshal the troops it was to declare jubilee. It was to declare victory. And so he says, you need to put some priests in the front of the ark. You need to carry the ark. And then you need to put some, some priests in the back. And you need to have seven of them with shofars. The, you know, the ram's horn was a shofar. And, and sister texted me yesterday and said, I know you're going to be dealing with Jericho. Do you want a shofar? Yeah, that'd be great. I don't know if you ever saw this. This is a ram's horn. A ram's horn. You know, come sa. And, and so a ram's horn was what they used to blow, to declare the victory, to marshal the troops. Now, I don't know how to blow it, so I'm going to spare you. But have you ever heard one blown? I mean, it's incredible when you hear it. It's something about it. And so he says, this is what you need to do. You need to march around the city. And you need to do it once a day for six days to seven days. Do it seven times. When I tell you, shout and, 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 and blow the horns and you're going to have the victory. Amen. Now, the Ark of the Covenant. The Ark of the Covenant was to be carried. And it was a special wooden box. You remember the Ark of the Covenant? Inside that box contained three items. The pot of manna, Aaron's rod, and uh, the Aaron's rod that budded, and the tablet with the Ten Commandments. The significance of the Ark of the Covenant was it represented the authority of God, the presence of God, the anointing of God. To have the Ark of the Lord, the reason why God told Joshua, you need to bring the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord, he said, don't do it without the authority of God, without the anointing of God, the presence of God. How many of you have heard the term, the anointing of God, and wondered, what in the world does that mean? The anointing of God is the presence of God. When you become a Christian, the Spirit of God comes on your life. And you can operate in a realm unlike somebody that doesn't know the Lord. I am so grateful that God's anointing is on my life. Amen. 
And God's anointing is on your life and you need the anointing of God to get a breakthrough. Amen. Remember whenever Israel was first crossing into the promised land and they had to cross the Jordan River. Do you remember the instructions? Carry the ark of the Lord. And it says that as soon as the priest's feet touched the river, remember the river was overflowing. It was during harvest time. It was overflowing the banks. The, the current was strong. And he said, as soon as you put your feet in the river, the water is going to part. In fact, in Joshua 3.15, now the Jordan... Uh, now the Jordan is at flood stage all during harvest. Yet as soon as the priests who carried the ark reached the Jordan and their feet touched the water's edge, the water from upstream stopped flowing. It piled up in a heap in a great distance away at the town called Adam in the vicinity of, of Zertan, while the water flowing down the Sea of Arabath, the Salt Sea, was completely cut off. So the people crossed on opposite, uh, opposite or over opposite Jericho. Then the priests who carried the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord stood firm on dry ground in the middle of the Jordan when all Israel passed by until the whole nation incompleted and crossed on dry ground. So the picture is this. They come up to the river. It's overflowing. The promised land is over there. And God says, tell the priest to carry the Ark. And as soon as you put your foot in the water, the water is going to pile up. It's a picture. It's a picture of what God's anointing does for us. See, the difference between living out under the hot sun and living in the cool of AC is the anointing of God. See, I think sometimes as Christians, we forget the blessing and the benefit of the Spirit of God and the anointing of God. And so therefore, we don't cultivate it in our lives. But I want to encourage you today. If you want the breakthrough, you need the anointing of God on your life. It's the anointing of God that's going to break the yoke. Amen. And so, listen, it's the Lord's presence. Sixteen times in the book of in Joshua 3 and 4, the Ark of the Covenant is mentioned in this account. And here in Joshua 6, the Ark is mentioned eight times. Why was the Ark so important? Listen, Israel could have marched around the wall a hundred times. And the priests could have blown the trumpets until they dropped dead of exhaustion. And the wall would have never came down. It wasn't so much their marching around as it was the presence of God, the help of the Lord, the anointing of God. Listen, how do you live a victorious life? How do you live an abundant life? It's not by marching around the wall. It's not by simply going to church. You got to get under. You got to live in the anointing and the presence of God if you want to experience a breakthrough in your life. Can I get a witness this morning? You know, I was thinking about the different breakthroughs I've had in my life. I was thinking about whenever, before I was married, and, and my heart was drawn towards Tanya, and it's a big step. You know, it's like, should I marry this girl? Is, is you know, is this the right step? And and uh, am I going to mess up her life if I if I ask her to marry me? And, and it was a big decision. I needed a breakthrough. And I can remember taking a whole day to be on my face, praying and seeking after God. And when the presence of God came, he said, Todd, this is the next step of obedience it's for you. Do this. And, and then I had to go talk to her dad. And how many of you know I needed a breakthrough there? But listen, I would have never done that if the Spirit of God, the anointing of God, wouldn't have come upon me to do that. Now, I am forever grateful that I did that. Amen. I remember the time where, where God was dealing with me about going into the ministry. 
And I was working in the oil field. And, and then what if, what if I'm just, I had, you know, uh, I had, you know, a, uh, you know, a, a bad pizza the night before. And this is not God. And I'm just doing the wrong thing. But when God's spirit came upon me, I made the decision, told my boss I was quitting and went into the ministry. I'm so glad I did. You see, listen, God may have some, a breakthrough for you. And what you need to do is get in the presence of God. And when you get in the presence of God, the Spirit of God may just speak to your heart. It may supernaturally, it may be a power encounter. It may be a truth encounter, whatever the case may need, may be. But listen, if you feel stuck, if you feel like you can't move ahead, can I suggest to you, spend more time in the presence of God, worship Him, read His Word, pray, talk to Him. Come on, live in the presence of God, and who knows what might happen for you. Amen. First keys, you got to walk in the anointing and the authority of God. Number two, to experience a spiritual breakthrough, you got to exercise the temperance of God in your life. Now, follow me with this. The temperance of God, what is that? It's having inner self-control. It's having control over your passions, your fleshly appetites, your sinful urges, and your desires. How many of you know that's important? The temperance of God is having your life controlled by the Holy Spirit and not your flesh. Because it's your flesh that'll get you in trouble, but it's the Spirit of God that'll keep you on the straight and narrow. Amen? Come on, the Holy Spirit helps you keep your life in control. You know, I heard a story about, about a lady who damaged her car and had to describe her accident to the insurance adjuster in order to make a, an insurance claim, you know. And so here's her report. She said, I was backing my car out of the garage, the garage, and I lost sight of the driveway. I backed into the lawn, went through the hedges, and knocked over the garbage can. And then cut to the right, knocked over the mailbox, went over the curb, and wrecked into my neighbor's car. And then I went out of control. <laughs> Come on, how many of you feel like that? You're like that lady right now, right? Some of us need the Holy Spirit temperance because the truth is our life is out of control. And we need the control of the Holy Spirit. You remember when Joshua was instructed, instructing Israelites, he said to them, um, in verse 10, in Joshua 6.10, he said, Do not shout, do not even talk, Joshua commanded, not a single word from any of you until I tell you to shout, then shout. So the ark of the Lord was carried around the town once that day, and then everyone returned to spend the night in the camp. Now get the picture, a whole nation of people, and they're going around Jericho, and Joshua says, don't talk. Now imagine if that had been some Cajuns. And they were not to say anything and just march around the city. And they went all the way around the city and they didn't talk. Imagine that. How many of you know that's temperance? That's temperance right there. You know, somebody said the greatest miracle at Jericho wasn't that the wall came down. It was that these people didn't talk for six days. 
But why did Joshua tell them not to talk? They would have sabotaged their own victory. I think he told them not to talk because they would have said, this is ridiculous. This is not how you defeat an enemy. March around the city. Are you kidding me? We don't even have a sword in our hand. Imagine the, the murmuring and the complaining. How many of you know you could sabotage your own victory by not watching what you say? Proverbs 18.21 says, death and life are in the power of the tongue. Come on, to get a breakthrough, you have to watch what you say and speak life-giving words. Don't say I'm a failure. I will never make it. It's never going to work out for me. Don't say that anymore. Be quiet if you can't say something positive. Amen? Nothing shows greater temperance than when you got control over your tongue, right? That's what James said in James 3, 7. People can tame all kinds of animals, birds, reptiles, and fish, but no one can tame the tongue. It is restless and evil, full of deadly poison. See, you need temperance. You need to control what you say. You got to make sure you say the right thing. You got to be careful not to sabotage your own breakthrough by the words that you say. But also, you need to crucify your flesh and your desires and your appetites. Some people say, you know, they wonder, why am I not living a greater life? It might be your flesh that you're undoing. It might be your lack of control, self-control. That might be the reason why you're not living a better life. Come on, are y'all with me this morning? To get a breakthrough, you have to die to your fleshly appetites, amen? You know what this is, Galatians 5.24 says, and those who are Christ have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. Think about it. Think about how important being spirit controlled and not flesh controlled, having temperance in your life. Moses never went into the promised land because he got angry. Because he, he hit the rock instead of speaking to it. He never went into the promised land. Think about Esau. He sold his firstborn birthright for a bowl of soup, a bowl of lentil stew. And it just makes me wonder, when our flesh is out of control, when we're following the desires of our flesh, how many of you know that the flesh and the spirit, they don't like each other? They war against each other. And one of them is going to be in control of our life, either our flesh or the Spirit of God. The Spirit of God gives us temperance, gives us self-control. And listen, if you want a breakthrough, if you want to advance in life, you need to be Spirit-led and not fleshly controlled. Amen? Come on, if you agree, say amen. The third key to a spiritual breakthrough is this, follow the instructions of God. See, Joshua didn't take the city because he had... Um, he had used clever human military strategy. That's not why he took Jericho. In fact, whenever you think about it, you know, you've heard that song, uh, you know, Joshua won the battle at Jericho. You know, those of you that kids, you heard that, you know, he used to sing it way back in the day. Well, you know what? Joshua didn't win the battle. He didn't even have to fight. You know what he did? He just followed the instructions of the Lord. That's all he did. He didn't use his sword. He just followed the instructions of God. Now think about the instructions of God. March around the city. Put some priests here in the front. Put the ark. Put priests in the back. Ram's horns. Don't talk. 
Circle the city. Go back. You can you, you think about the people in the city, the ones that were on the watchman. Oh, oh, the enemy's coming. The enemy's come. Oh, they, they, they're surrounding the city. They're surrounding the city. Get ready. Get ready. Get ready. They, they, they're going around the city. They're leaving. They're leaving. They went. I don't know where they went the next day. They're coming back. They're coming back. They, they must be ready yet. They go around the city. They're leaving. They're leaving again. They must have been, they must have been thinking, what in the world? It seemed so foolish. It seemed, it seemed like, like this is ridiculous. But how many of you know the wisdom of God is better than the wisdom of man? When you do what God tells you to do, you can't fail. You're going to win every time. But you got to follow the instructions of the Lord, even if it seems foolish to you or it seems foolish to other people. Listen, the world, whenever you do what God tells you to do, people are going to think you crazy. Let them think what they want to think. You just do what God tells you to do. And don't worry about the rest. Amen. And they won the battle, right? They won the victory. The strategy that God gave Joshua may have seemed very foolish to him and to the people. But despite what they, th they thought, they simply followed his instructions. Could it be that one of the reasons why we don't see more breakthroughs in our life is because we're not teachable? Because we're obstinate? Because we're stubborn? And although we won't say it with our actions, we say, God, you ain't telling me what to do. I mean, you can tell me what to do over here, but right here, I got this. And we follow our own wisdom instead of the wisdom of the Lord. But the wisdom of God it's better than our wisdom, saints. And when we do what God tells us to do. Listen, you know, I was thinking about this. How does God take a shepherd boy, a young shepherd boy, and make him a king? He followed the instructions of God. How does God take some disciples, stinky fishermen, and make them these incredible world-changing apostles? They just simply followed the instructions of God. Are y'all hearing me? Are y'all with me today? How does God take a pothead from Erath and make him a pastor? People are still asking that question. People are still wondering, well, I tell you how. Following the instructions of God. That's how you get there. You see, when God gave Joshua those instructions, he could have said, Oh my Lord, God, you've having a bad day. Listen, we've defeated enemies before and we never defeated them by being quiet. We never defeated them by just circling the city. That is not going to work. But you know what? Joshua had already followed the instructions of the Lord. He saw the Lord part the Jordan River. He saw the Lord do the miraculous. God had already told him, be courageous, Joshua. Come on, be strong, Joshua. Just do what God tells you to do, Joshua, and let me handle the rest. Amen. Come on, God has a greater breakthrough for you. Amen. Now, finally, the fourth key to getting a spiritual breakthrough is this. Develop the eyes of faith. you got to develop the eyes of faith. In, in Genesis or... Joshua, chapter 6, verse 2. Then the Lord said to Joshua, listen to this. See, I have delivered Jericho into your hands. 
along with its kings and its fighting men. Notice the tense of the verb. See, I have given you Jericho. It was, the victory was already won. God had already told Joshua, the victory is yours. Just go take it. See, it was Joshua's eyes of faith. When Joshua looked at Jericho, he saw it, the walls coming down already before the walls ever came down. We are to walk by faith. We are to live by, the just shall live by faith. faith. Listen, faith allows you to see beyond the obvious. Faith allows you to see beyond the natural. Faith allows you, allows you to see open doors before they open. Amen. And listen, I want you to know, you say, well, Todd, I don't feel like I'm living in the promised land. You don't know what's happened to me. You don't know what I'm going through. No, I don't. But I can I encourage you? Come on, walk through the eyes of faith. God said, I have an abundant life for you. It may not feel like it right now. It may not seem like it right now. But come on, stir your faith up. Get the eyes of faith. See, I have given you an abundant life. See, I have given you a victory. See, I have given you a blessing. Open your eyes, stir your faith, believe God, and God is going to see you through. Amen. I believe God has greater things. See, breakthroughs come to those who know God's promises, who believe God's promises, and act on God's promises. You see, some people know God's promises, and they believe God's promises, but they hadn't circled the city yet. They hadn't acted on it yet, right? See, faith is more than Thinking a promise is true. Faith is acting on the promise of God. God has a blessing for you. He has a greater blessing for you. Amen. And I just this morning, I just have in my heart that some of us, you know, remember the people before. Remember, this was Joshua's second go at the promised land entrance. Remember the first time he went with 10 other spies. Remember that? Remember where they spent their life? Where did they spend their life? In the wilderness. Because they didn't believe God. Because they didn't trust God. They said there's giants in the land. And they said there's walled cities out there. But this time, Joshua and Caleb, the only ones that said, hey, if God told us to go in, let's go in. Now they're at, they're at the crossroads again. Are they going to believe God? Or are they going to live in the wilderness? Come on, I have a question for you. Are you going to live in the wilderness? Or are you going to live in the promised land? Spiritually speaking, I'm saying, are you going to live discouraged? Or are you going to live in victory? Come on, are you going to live in fear? Or are you going to live in faith? Come on, are you going to let the coronavirus discourage you, defeat you, and live in drudgery? Or are you going to walk in faith and go into the promised land? Come on, are you going to live where God said you can live? The righteous live by faith. It's the eyes of faith. I might not see it right, right now. I might not understand it right now. But I'm not going to let what I see or what I feel determine how I'm going to live. I'm going to live in victory. I'm going to live as an overcomer because the righteous shall live by faith. Come on, if you agree with that, say amen. Amen. Now listen, as you read the rest of the story, a couple of things happen. He said, curse the city, and whoever tries to build the city again, they, they're going to get cursed, and that's what happened. I won't take the time to go there. But one of the other things that he said, hey, go get Rahab. Remember, Pastor Brandon talked about Rahab the prostitute. He said, go get Rahab out of there. Remember, 
They, they were to, she was to put the scarlet rope, leave it out of the window, and they rescued Rahab and all of her family. And then the city was destroyed. See, the destruction of the city is a type of what's going to happen to this world. I know we hope, we hope, you know, the economy stays strong. One day it's all going to burn up. I don't know whether I'll see, but it's going to burn up. Don't get too attached to this world. You might fry up with it. Stay disconnected from it because this is going to burn up. But those who put their faith and trust in God, they're going to be rescued like Rahab. Come on. So listen, it's not good enough to just go, you know, be an Israelite, be in the church, be, you know, part of the gang. You got to put your faith and trust in the Lord. That's what true faith is. Faith is saying, I'm not living for myself. I'm living for God. I believe there's a lot of backslidden Christians today. They're backslidden and they're living in the wilderness and God wants the promised land for them. And I suggest to you today that you, if, if you one of those, that you just repent and say, God, I'm going into the promised land. I'm not staying attached to, to Egypt or to this world. I want to live my life for you. Would you bow your head with me for just a moment? The Bible says that Rahab, because of her faith, was rescued. She surrendered her life. You know, God doesn't have any grandchildren. He only has children. You can't go to heaven because your mama's a Christian or your spouse is a Christian. You go to heaven because you're a Christian, which means you're willing to admit that you're sin, and you're willing to surrender your life to God. And maybe you're here today and you never did that. I want to pray with you. Are we going to pray a prayer as a family? Only you can mean it. Only you can be sincere. But can I encourage you today to just open up your heart to the Lord and surrender your life to God? The Bible says to all who call upon Him will be saved. When this earth burns up, you're going to be saved. You're going to be spared. If you die today, you're going to spend that eternal life in the promised land. If that's you today and you say, Todd, would you just pray with me? Man, I, I need to surrender my life to Christ. Would you just acknowledge that by just raising your hand? Just lift your hand. And just say, Todd, pray that prayer for me. Thank you, sir. I see your hand. There's one. Anybody else? If your heart is beating right now and you say, man, I, I believe the Lord is dealing with me. Just, just lift your hand just to acknowledge that, Lord, I, I need to be saved. Yeah, I see your hand. Thank you, man. Hands are going up. Let's pray together. Would you just pray this prayer with me and say, Lord Jesus... Thank you for dying on the cross. Thank you for shedding your blood for my sins. Lord Jesus, I ask you to save me. I ask you to forgive me of all my sins. I choose to live for you today. In Jesus' name, I pray. Amen. Amen. Now, those of you that raised your hand and prayed that prayer, the Bible says that as soon as you ask the Lord to forgive you, He forgives you. Now you need to 
live it out and walk with the Lord. Amen? Would you stand with me as we close? How many of you feel like, man, you got a Jericho? You got a Jericho in your life right now that you need to, you need to circle. You need to circle in faith. How many of you feel like you got a Jericho? You know, I feel like in the middle of this pandemic and all this COVID stuff, that's, that's a Jericho in itself. And listen, I, I want to say, listen, I'm not going to live, I'm not going to live defeated by, by a COVID, by a, a virus. I want to live in victory. What about you? Come on, maybe you have a, maybe you have a relational Jericho, a financial Jericho. Maybe you have an emotional Jericho. Maybe you're depressed, you're fearful. Come on, can we circle it right now in faith? I want to agree with you right now. Come on, do like Joshua and say, come on, let's go take it in Jesus' name. Come on, you know how you win your, your battles? Come on, you walk in the anointing of God. You walk in the authority of God. You walk in the spirit of God. Come on, let's declare it right now. Father, I join my faith with everyone that's in this room and those that are watching at home. And Lord, I declare right now in Jesus' name, come on. So some of you just need to give a shout and say, come on, in your spirit and say, you're coming down, Jericho. Yeah, I'm getting that breakthrough. I'm moving past this barrier, this obstacle, this wall in Jesus' name. Come on, speak to it right now and say, in Jesus' name, I declare it's coming down. Thank you, Father, that the grace of God, the blessing of God is breaking every spiritual stronghold. In the name of Jesus, I thank you and I praise you, Lord, that Lord of victory is in this house today. Lord, we blow the trumpet. We declare, we blow the shofar, the jubilee, the victory is ours. We overcome by the blood of the Lamb. Thank you, Father God, that there is a breakthrough in this house today. In Jesus' name, I pray. And everybody agreed, said amen. Come on, give the Lord one good shout of praise. Come on, give the Lord a good shout. Yes, yes, yes. Amen. 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 Well, God bless you. I pray this encourages your heart. Come on, just go back to these steps or these keys and, and just apply them to your life. Spend time with God and let God bring you into another level of living in the promised land, the abundant life. Amen. You're, you're dismissed. God bless you. Have a great day. Be blessed as you go.